Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This is the Pro Wrestling Show in association with TalkSport. Probably a few things we should talk about in wrestling this week. We're going to cover the lead up to Elimination Chamber. We're going to talk about Kevin Owens going bowling. We're going to talk about the possibility that we might see Batista back at WrestleMania. And our special guest this week is Jay Riso, a.k.a. Christian, one proportion of the brood. You're listening to the Pro Wrestling Show. A proportion. <laughs> I couldn't remember how many of them there one, were. One third? <laughs> it's one third, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure. We'll leave it I as loved, a proportion. Yeah, I loved it. Um, nice one for everyone that's been tweeting us throughout the week at Pro Wrestle Show on the old Twitter. Uh, loads of things that you want us to talk about, which we will hopefully cover in this show. Uh, also, uh, getting a lot of hits on our YouTube still, which is amazing because we don't really push it that much. Um, Will's chat with uh, your man Bret Hart has got. It's like over 35,000 views now. It's going very well. So if you've not seen it, check it out. Just search Pro Wrestling Show. And all the things we talk about, all the interviews that we we put out, that we we film, will go onto the YouTube and make sure you subscribe and you won't miss them. Um, Guys, loads to talk about. Let's go straight in. What do you want to start with? Uh, I think the Becky Charlotte Ronda angle is probably the hot topic of the week. I see that a lot of fans have kind of bought into this whole... Rah, Charlotte's book so strongly, I hate her, um, which has kind of played into the WWE's hands. Um, I see that Meltzer is reporting that this has always been the plan, so the WWE aren't actually playing off the real-life uh, resentment, I think is the word, that Charlotte has endured because of her name and legacy, perhaps. But um, I would have preferred to have seen... Becky versus Ronda one-on-one, personally. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people would go along those lines. But uh, I, don't, I don't mind. I mean, the, the WWE have, have obviously got months of programming to fill before WrestleMania. And in doing this, I mean, Becky's clearly not going to stay suspended for 60 days, is she? So, I mean, what they're going to do and putting Charlotte into the mix. The one thing I do know with Charlotte is that it, she will be a good big match performer and the match is not going to hurt because of her I just would have liked a singles do you feel that she's been put into this just because of the fact that it's probably going to be the first time women headline Wrestlemania and they feel that a lot of the women's resurgence and and popularity has been down to really good workers like Charlotte yeah I I mean I think there's definitely a case for that and you have to say that Charlotte has been at the forefront of all the memorable matches I know that you know uh, Banks and Bailey had that tremendous affair in Brooklyn but Charlotte has been at the core of a lot of the great matches over the past few years. She always delivers, always. I can't remember a bad pay-per-view match she's had. And 
you know, from that standpoint, I feel like they're just trying to crowbar her in. And there's also the element that is Rousey going to be here after WrestleMania or long after that? Like, you know, in the near future, there's going to be a break. So is the time now and then there's no other window? I don't know. What do you think, Will? Uh, you know, triple threats are always a bit of a cluster <clears throat> to uh, to book and to agent. Uh, a cluster <laughs> bomb, exactly. And so there's always that difficulty. But you've got you know, two of the best workers in wrestling and in wrestling, not just in women's wrestling, in Becky and in Charlotte and in Ronda, someone who has improved to an incredible level over her first year. Like you think she'd been doing it for 10, 15, 20 years if you didn't know about, uh, you know, her own personal history. I'm fine with, you know, adding Charlotte to it makes it more uh, WrestleMania suitable, makes it more of a main event. That's fine with me. My only concern is that this is starting to skirt just maybe a little too closely to the Daniel Bryan stuff, to the point where I even literally heard at one point, this may be, this may have changed because of the, the bringing in Vince McMahon and making Vince McMahon the heel rather than Steph and Triple H and having them saying, nope, you said sorry, you can go into the main event. But there was some talk about them building to Steph against Becky as a match at some point. And I even heard at one point SummerSlam, one of the things... Exactly, SummerSlam. But what I did read one report of online and something that may have changed because of the, the Vince McMahon being added to the angle and him taking the, the heel authority role. But at one point there was consideration of her actually fighting Stephanie McMahon at WrestleMania for a place in the main event. And you're like, that's literally exactly what you did with Daniel Bryan pretty much to the letter. Don't copy yourself. You've got a chance to do something right now which would be history-making, which we could be talking about in 20 years' time, and instead you're carbon-copying yourself. So I just want to see the next seven or eight weeks. This has the possibility, as I said, to build to being a historic match, a historic build, something we talk about for years to come. So try and do something a bit different and original. It's, I think it's gone well so far. Don't mess it up, WWE, all right? I think whatever happens, the three of them will put on a great show, whatever, however it's built. I mean, the actual Agreed. event itself will be good. Alex, was it you on your brand new Twitter, which you feel free to shout out now? Brand new, yeah. So my Twitter has been refusing to follow people <laughs> and if I reply to people apparently it kills the tweet so I've started a new Twitter uh, Alex M underscore t- at, uh, well, no, no, there's no Start at. Again. Alex M underscore talk sport. Because the thing is, is that before you had like several thousand followers and you weren't following anyone, so you just looked like a real arrogant prick. I did, yeah. And maybe I am. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just keep that from Memento. Look, was it you that, um, that tweeted the curveball about um, Ruby Riot that I saw earlier? Uh, no, I don't no think okay, so. so I thought it was, but someone said on Twitter, if it wasn't you, then it was someone very knowledgeable saying, <laughs> Wouldn't it be interesting if Ruby Riot actually won the title yeah. on Sunday and then there's no title on the line between Ooh. Becky mm. the... You know, I, I, I really idea, enjoyed um, idea. the shoot. Fantasy booking. I, really... I have a fantasy booking. <laughs> Hang on, Do I it, don't Will. have a bell. Do it, Will. There's no bell to ring. <laughs> Will's fantasy okay. booking again. Fantasy booking. Woo, they actually woo. do have. Ruby Riot. <laughs> Sorry, can we just make that the universal tone of fantasy booking? Yeah, I'll do that every time. Woo, woo. <laughs> so, Ruby Riot beats Ronda thanks to interference from the outside. Becky yep. gets reinstated, beats Ruby Riot for the title at Fast Lane, and then gets entered back into the main event. But actually, she's the title holder because she has to be in the main event because she's a title holder. Correct. Now. There's, although that's very clever, I've already seen a graphic leak 
uh, for Fastlane. There was a few matches that were leaked <laughs> on there. And it has Charlotte versus Becky. So one has to assume that Becky has to face Charlotte to earn a place in the uh, main event at WrestleMania as as much as I prefer the idea we just talked about. But I thought it was very interesting because I don't know if anyone saw the tweet from Ruby Riot where it was obviously kayfabe but mixed in with a nice bit of shoot where she said, they're not even talking like, oh, it could be Ronda or Ruby Riot at WrestleMania. You know how they normally preface things with, oh, you know, she's got to get past Ruby Riot first. That's really an afterthought. They're literally just saying, well, Ronda Rousey's going to be at WrestleMania. Like, how how disrespectful that is to an event that's meant to be happening at Elimination Chamber. It's all a bit weird, isn't it? And let's not fancy book it too much. And we'll, I'm sure in the next few weeks it'll all change and, and Vince will change his mind and it will just get mm. mixed around anyway. Um, other big news from Raw this week, the Revival winning the tag titles. Oh, it made me happy. Is this purely done just because they're annoyed and because WWE suddenly have the consideration that people like them might just go elsewhere because there is an option? I think it's definitely done to placate them, um, 1,000%. But, you know, if you actually look at the Raw tag team scene as well, they're they're extremely deserving. Uh, And I think, and I know Will's going to agree with me on this, um, as you probably will too, John. The match was great. There's the best tag match that's been on Raw in ages that I can actually remember. And I, I think I timed it. They were allowed to go 15 minutes. Like, for Bobby Roode and Chad Gable and the Revival to get 15 minutes, uh... I'd, I would I would challenge anyone that they've had that on the main roster since they've been on there. All four of them. Look, we, we're going to hear from um, we're going to hear from Christian later in the show. Obviously, one of the great tag wrestlers of any generation, and talk to him about this revival and about the the pop they got when they won it. But you look at I do agree with you that I think that an element of this is placating them with AEW very much uh, looming like a big old shadow over them. But I do also think that. The Revival, when they first came up, after brilliant tag match after brilliant tag match at NXT, when they were called up after Mania two years ago, the initial pop and the initial push they got was really exciting. They came out and beat the New Day clean when they first came in and absolutely trounced them as well. And it looked like they were going to get a real push. And then injuries caused them to basically miss between them the majority of that year. And then 2018 was completely forgettable for them and we all got frustrated with it. You just saw the way... That match did wasn't getting a lot of heat in the room initially, and it took its time to build, and they really built something special. But by the time they won it, the crowd was so behind it. I don't think Vince can ignore that. And, well, like I say, we'll talk to Christian about it later, but the tag, we have the deepest WWE rosters we've had for years and years and years. One of the best ways to keep talent happy that currently don't feel like they're getting the right push they need is to push that tag division and make that much more of a feature on Raw and that's how you also help to fill three hours of television it's funny that you say about the revival as well in that first initial push I remember interviewing Matt Hardy and he said that that was what was going to happen it was going to be the Hardy Boys versus the revival but of course it was actually the Hardy Boys that got injured um, and and prevented that from happening it was Jeff I believe who had a shoulder injury I want to say and so when you look at it that way the Revival probably would have won the titles then and look how long it's taken them to get back to that spot which is kind of crazy when you think about it it's also like the the uh, the Good Brothers like they're, they're another team that that could potentially jump ship obviously they've got history with the guys from AEW so it'd be interesting to see whether they get they're, they're on Smackdown now right yes. I, I lose 
track because everything seems to be coming very blurred and I'll get onto that in just a second um, you know they're, they're another team that really if they want to have them around they're going to have to placate them as well because you know they've been miles away from the, the tag team sort of championship for quite a while as well and what's to say they're not just going to want to take an easier schedule and go and have fun with their friends as well, well the WWE have this problem all over the roster they, mm. they really do because there's a lot of talented individuals that aren't being utilised uh, to their full potential or even maximising screen time like as you just said about the Good Brothers I mean when was the last time they had a consecutive run on Smackdown consecutive episodes but you know and, and they're only going to be more problems you know because of the superstars that are either coming back or about to be called up post-mania which kind of leads us on to Kevin Owens yeah for sure so Kevin Owens they teased this week if you've not seen it already um, and you, you'll have seen him on Twitter just talking about bowling it seems to be like his it won't be his new persona but, great gimmick but just I quite like the realness of the videos that they've done recently they did it with Mustafa Ali yesterday just sort of standing in the snow just I mean it's clearly just at the back of like the gym that they were at when they were travelling or whatever um, but yeah so Kevin Owens throwing down a terrible bowl um, Kevin Owens gutter ball is maybe the, the most <laughs> baby face thing I've ever seen <laughs> and it's interesting they're going to bring him back as a, as a, as a baby face isn't it really but mm. um, I think it'll be good for him I think he's ready for that um, the, the reactions he was getting prior to his, his knee surgeries and essentially the double turn that happened with Lashley on his last night I think the crowd have been ready to cheer for Owens for a long time it just happens that he's extremely good at being a bad guy um, but coming back to WrestleMania, you know, I have to wonder where he fits in. Uh, one would think picking up with Lashley because storyline wise, that's what put him on the shelf. But I'm very excited to have KO back. I, I think, you know, and if we were just talking about the tag team division, if Sami Zayn comes around at a similar time, I, I'd love to see those two guys as the tag champions. So there's there's lots of possibilities for Kevin Owens. Um, it's just, you know, the, the one thing that excites me is that the fact that they rarely bring a guy back before WrestleMania unless there is a real plan yeah. Finn Balor at WrestleMania 33 did, he was back at live events like a good six weeks before Mania and got nothing and you, do you think Alex and Will as well that the fact that they've said he's going to be back in about a month means he will have a match at WrestleMania because that, that is what all the sort of the big sort of rumour makers online are saying and I, I think um, I'll let Will pick this question up but I do think the fact that he said he doesn't know if he's going to Raw or Smackdown leads me to believe there could be a run on Smackdown um Daniel Bryan hasn't really got a challenger, and an, an obvious one could be. Well, my only problem is, and, and I know we're debating whether Owens comes back face or heel, and I think he can work either because he's such a great talker. But they've got an abundance of pretty good heels on SmackDown with Joe and and with Daniel Bryan and with uh, you know if he sticks around, there's Rusev and Andrade, and, Andrade and Nakamura, and yeah, exactly. So. I think they've got an abundance of great heels. So if you go SmackDown, you'd almost have to be face. Whereas on Raw, they could probably do with a couple more kind of decent mid-cardy, upper mid-cardy heels uh, to, to add to the mix. So uh, particularly once Seth Rollins wins the title and it becomes a legitimate title again, not the nonsense Brock Lesnar never turns up title. Hmm. Just before we talk about someone who might... Uh, might also return for Wrestlemania it's been rumoured for a long time things that look like they were going to happen and apparently he's he, he could be on there there is a rumour going around that I've seen this morning that the women's division may there may not be the brand split anymore they may just have the women just being across both shows what with the women's tag titles coming in and mm. is, is that a good thing I, I haven't really been able to decide yet because 
obviously with Becky and, and Charlotte sort of just coming on to Raw this week and they're just not really mentioning the fact that they're meant to be on SmackDown. It just is that is this, does it muddle it? Basically, I tell you, mm. it's something that I was really keen on a year ago, two years ago. Actually, with the strength of the women coming through NXT right now, once the likes of Bianca Belair, Kari Sane, Io Shirai and stuff are up on the main roster, I think you've got a deep enough and strong enough roster to keep it across two brands. But with the tag titles, you'll see people jumping around anyway. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with it. I Maybe at this point, kind of stick fast and, and give it a go at keeping it SmackDown and Raw. I don't think I've ever seen titles defended across two shows successfully. I, I really recall um, the... You remember when Chris Jericho won the original Undisputed title and then for a while until Lesnar made it um, SmackDown exclusive, they had it bouncing across both shows and the champion would be the only person who bounced across both shows. Interesting tidbit on that. When they first made that rule at the first ever draft, do you remember who the women's champion was who was on both shows? Either of you? Mm. Mickey James? No. Beth Phoenix? No. She wasn't even there then. Victoria. 2002? No. Oh, right. I was just throwing up guess. 2002. Lita? <laughs> no. I'm obviously asking you because it's pretty. It surprised me it's when so I saw ridiculous. it. China. It was Jazz. Oh, Jazz! Jazz, yeah. Jazz yeah. and Triple H have the honour. <laughs> oh, why did Jazz and Taz never make some kind of mixed tag team? They really should have been. Yeah, um, The Jazz and Taz connection. But anyway, I'll, I mean, that kind of casts a little bit of, of doubt to me on how the women's tag titles will really work. Um, I, It's just really clustery to put move people across the shows and, like you said, muddle the waters, but then, but then other superstars are tied to the shows. It's like, it just makes it all very illogical, really. Well, we'll um, see. We'll yeah. see. Now, look, the, 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 to round up the WWE, before we hear from Jay Riso, Christian, about his new TV show, which looks absolutely mental. <laughs> Will um, loves it. <laughs> the, the one person that was rumoured to be coming back to WrestleMania 35, but then it didn't look like he was going to because uh, Triple H tore his peck, uh, is Batista. And all the reports online are saying that he was spotted in Connecticut this past week and he's been having a chat. This could be a chat for literally anything. It doesn't necessarily mean it's for WrestleMania. He could be talking about a special they're going to do on him. They might be releasing like a, a figurine of it. Like it could be literally anything. Yeah. Do you guys think we will see Batista on the main show at WrestleMania 35? And if so, who against? I mean, if they're, if they're calling him in, they have a definite plan for him. And Triple H has already been cleared to train. Someone would think he could compete at WrestleMania if he wanted to. Uh, PW Insider, I think, said he was in Connecticut last Thursday. And then, surprise, surprise, you know, reports of AEW uh, extending an offer to him, and he's receptive of, apparently, too. And Andy popped up on Twitter in a photo, uh, the ultimate dad bod photo. Just, just, <laughs> just on time. Just yeah, on time. Exactly. Irvine and Bautista. So, you know, his his negotiation leverage is at an all-time high, I'm sure. Um right. Ryan Satin is reported that he's 50-50 on returning at this point based on how talks have gone. I mean... He famously doesn't get on with creative, does he? <laughs> I mean, technically, if it's a yes-no decision, aren't you 50-50 with... Well, no yeah. But, I mean, uh, he's he's said a lot of times in the past that he wants to be retired by... Well, not by Triple H, but his retirement match at WrestleMania be with Triple H. So if it isn't Triple H, I just... I can't see that he's interested. And maybe if they have pitched another opponent to him, that's why he's 50-50. But there's talks, isn't there, that Triple H could enlist the help of Dean Ambrose, but then they've just turned Dean Ambrose face. See, I'm not even convinced Dean Ambrose is leaving. I still think this could be... An, an elaborate work. work. No one really knows. We won't get into it because the, the conversation could go on for hours. Yeah. But there is talk that Dean Ambrose could be the person that Triple H gets to fight his corner. But I just don't see how that would work. They've just turned him face again. Are they going to turn him heel, really, to face Batista? Or is Batista going to be the heel? Like, just 
I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Well, I'd love to see Batista versus The Rock, but that's me fantasy booking. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> the alarm. You, you saw you saw a slice of that at WrestleMania 20, yeah, I believe. Yeah. But I, I'm with you. I'd like to see it. That'd be great. Look, that was um, that was the kind of news in WWE. I'm aware we're a little bit pushed for time, and we need to get Christian on. So, Will. Please just tell us the backstory of this new TV show that Christian. You don't. Doing. You don't need to hear it. I do a fantastic intro into the interview that he actually <laughs> even says, "Great, like gives gives me love for giving him a big push." But uh, actually, beforehand, and we'll, I'm going to leave this in just because I thought it was really nice. If you haven't listened to the latest Ed and Christian pod of awesomeness, uh, he recently missed an episode that Edge ended up doing with his wife Beth Phoenix and. Uh, they, uh, he missed it because he went to his grandfather's funeral and he talked very eloquently on the next episode about his grandfather who at 93 years old still full of life and, and I know it's a story which particularly recently meant a lot to me and I know that uh, Al has gone through something similar recently as well so I, I said to him beforehand that was kind of off air but he ended up giving a real answer so we'll leave it in there uh, just that I thought that was really lovely how openly he talked about that and, and you know he went on to to give his uh, give his granddad the shine again. So let's hear that, and then my big intro to his new show. Uh, but actually, before we start, I just wanted to say I listened to the um, the latest podcast today, and uh, oh, the 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 stuff you were saying at the top about your your granddad who recently passed. I had a, uh, a, a my last grandparent pass away recently. Very similar, ninety three years old, lived a really full yeah. life, and. I know it's sometimes weird talking about that stuff on something like a podcast or a TV show, and it was it was really lovely hearing your thoughts. So uh, I just wanted to say, like, from someone who's gone through it recently, that was really cool. Yeah, no, yeah, I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. You know, I just it's one of those, where, you know, just to be able even to say his name, and you know, he he meant a lot to me, and he, you know, he was, um, like I said, he was a good man. Never one of those guys that never said a bad word about anybody. Was never mad. Never ever saw him in a bad mood. And, um, you know, when I was, after I learned that he passed and I was sad, but then I, I thought about what a good life he had and how everybody around, he always made everybody around him feel, feel good. And then I started to look at it a different way, kind of happy that he had such a great life. Yeah. So, I appreciate saying that. hundred percent. Right. Should we talk about people kicking the crap out of each other with weapons? <laughs> yeah. Let's do that. Uh, <laughs> Now, people who are regular listeners to the show will know that not only am I a, a massive nerd and a massive history nerd, but also if I can combine those things with something I love like pro wrestling and those things all come together, then that's something that's going to get me excited. And there's a, a new show coming to history next Tuesday, nine o'clock, night fight, real armor, real weapons, real fights, real people. It's history entering the world of medieval martial arts, the night fight club uh, in their brand new exclusive series. And not only did I, you know, that's going to pique my attention anyway sounds pretty cool but then when they announced that christian aka jay riso is going to be heading up this whole thing then you know i'm going to get in for it so i've seen the first couple of episodes looks it's absolutely superb really really enjoyed it and delighted to say that that jay joins us now to to chat a bit about his new show jay thank you so much for taking the time out to sort with us Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it, and thanks for the, uh, the little build-up there. That sounds that was that was great. And like like you said, any time we can combine, you know, a couple things like like night fight and wrestling, it's perfect. How much knowledge did you have of like the world of of professional uh, battle armored combat before you went into this? It, I, I was probably not unlike you. Uh, I might have I've heard about it or maybe seen some clips of it, but I I, I hadn't really sat down and, and ever watched any of it, and. You know, it's it's a relative underground sport. And when I signed on to do the show, 
I was sent a bunch of footage and I was just blown away and almost like, why, why haven't I seen this before? Like, how come I didn't watch this? Where's this been all my life kind of thing. <laughs> and when, when, when that was happening and I was thinking about doing the show, it got me really excited about being, of, of having the opportunity to, you know, have these guys step onto the stage that history has given them to show the world what they do. It's such a, a competitive, um, hard hitting action packed sport. And like I said, the, it, to put it in wrestling terms, this is, this is WrestleMania for these guys <laughs> to step onto this stage and to have the ability on, on such a big platform to show a mass audience what it is that they're doing. So, you know, they're going to bring their, their very best. Considering you came to it reasonably, like with, with only a kind of minor knowledge of it, what surprised you most when you first saw it happening live in front of you? Yeah, that completely changed my perspective when I saw it in person and just the, um, <clears throat> the, the competitiveness, first of all, the, 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 the technique that they use with the weapons and, and really how, how well conditioned of athletes they have to be because you know they're, they're carrying an extra 80 pounds of weight on top of their body with, with the armor and the weapons are no joke though they're, they're full size scale weight weapons that you would see in historical um, eras they're obviously blunted so nobody's losing limbs but the uh, but to be able to have to wield those as well as you know, carry this extra body weight around while you're trying to impose your will and you're trying to be effective and, and win this competition. To me, the way that they were just able to dig down deep in their guts and and keep fighting through all of that, uh, whether there were there was adversity or whether there was they were um, doing well in the fight, there was no quit in any of them. And to me, that's what I took away the most. I was genuinely blown away with how kind of brutal and, and hard hitting it is because you know in your mind you think about like live action role playing and stuff like that and it's you know all right. fun and games but it's not you know it's not people whacking each other over the head with as you say blunted instruments but you know with the helmets with the heavy armor with with everything else involved and and I don't want to yeah. spoil it too much for people but in the first episode there's a guy involved who uh, former MMA fighter yeah. Gilbert, Gilbert Smith who who it hasn't right. come from that world. And when he says right at the beginning, right. like he'd only put on the armor for the first time that day, you hadn't seen any of the fighting yet, but you immediately know this guy's in trouble. Yeah, and you, you put it in perspective, you know, he's a world-class athlete. Um, obviously a physical specimen, um, you know, really mentally tough, strong guy, great athlete. And it just, you know, shows you the, 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 the talent of the other knights and the the experience level that it takes to to compete with with what it is that they're doing. You know, these, these guys, they, a lot of them come from the, um, the Armored Combat League here in the U.S. And there's a national team that, that competes all over the world. Um, you know, and, and these are the best of the best. So yeah, it's it's a different world when when you get in there. And and you know, he couldn't get out of the starting blocks, and that just kind of shows you, you know, how how tough of a competition this is. What's the reaction like? Because we've already had a few episodes air out in the States. The reaction has been great. You know, like you said before, I think the that, you know, it's not like, uh, I don't know if they have medieval times over there, but there's here there's like a themed restaurant thing called called uh, Medieval Times where, you know, you go and eat and you drink and you have a good time and people come in and, and put on a show and do jousting and like sword fights and stuff like that, kind of like kind of for show. And people are like, oh, maybe it's like that, but it's not. It's the opposite of that. <laughs> you know, we, we don't so have medieval knights, the, the but, reaction. but Jay, we do have actual castles here and that sort of thing. So, you know, Game of Thrones <laughs> yeah. is filmed here. So we, we feel the history a bit more. You don't, yeah, you don't have, yeah, you don't have to worry about it. But the, um, 
I think that uh, the reaction has been like, you know, what did I just watch? Or why, why is this show, like, where's this show been all my life? Like that sort of thing, you know? People, to, the, the reaction on my social media across the board has been really positive. And people like it. And that the thing is, is that Night Fight is, is, there's nothing like it on television. It's, it, it really is a unique, one-of-a-kind show that hasn't been done. And um, I think that also makes it stand out. Now, there's a good chance I won't win any awards for originality for this question, but kind of bringing your, your past life and still current life with the stuff you do with the network and the podcast and everything, but bringing that and yep. a night fight together. If there's somebody from your time in the ring, either, either past or present, who you'd like to see go and, and give it a go in the night fight arena, who would you like to see get in there and get involved? Well, I think the, uh, the first guy I would like to see currently would be a guy like Braun Strowman. I mean, he just looks like a barbarian, right? I mean, mm-hmm. throw him out there. I mean, was he six foot seven, six foot eight, three hundred and fifty or sixty pounds? I, I could imagine he'd be pretty effective out there <laughs> with, his, with his strength and his size. And then I think of a guy like like Seth Rollins, who to me just looks like a knight. You know, he just looks like that. He's got that good-looking guy with a with a with a with a you know great physique and he's he's got the the shiny hair and the beard and and uh you know to me he just looks like a, how you would picture a knight that that would be him well it's coming up this uh, this tuesday nine o'clock on the history channel excited for people to see it and get a bit more of a reaction to it as well uh, we do talk pro wrestling on this show quite a bit as well and i, I just want to get your thoughts on a couple of things going on in, in the world of wwe at the moment well first of all sure. kind of going into doing the, the tv host stuff I, from your perspective i guess when you have to have that natural charisma to be a top heel definitely in the world of wrestling did you always think that something in tv or in radio or something was something you'd like to do after you finished in the ring yeah i mean i definitely wanted to um acting has always been something that i was that i was really interested in even before i i started to wrestle um and you know the you know i did some some hosting things on, on the wwe network and stuff like that and and definitely it was also something that i enjoyed and so to have this opportunity and you know obviously you know when when i'm out of the ring when i'm retired you're looking for new challenges and new ways to challenge yourself um and and try to get better and so you know when when this opportunity for night fight came up you know i jumped at it and um you know i really 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 enjoyed hosting it and look forward to to having a chance to do um you know more seasons of this show and and uh, other projects as well so um you know, I'm just thankful that I uh, that I got this opportunity. There's a lot of people who'd look at your work and, and see you as a brilliant kind of pure worker from your time in the WWE and, and beyond. And I wonder, there's we've seen the likes of there's a new UK performance center just opened here. I'm sure you've seen and uh-huh. and we've seen guys like Shawn Michaels who seems to genuinely engage and get involved in that world. When you first came over, we thought it might just be a gimmick thing to get people out and and. You know, a legend is there, so we'll come and see it. But he seemed to have really right. engaged with the training side of things. Is that something you've ever thought about getting into, getting in and teaching kind of the, the young crop of talent coming through? Yeah, for, I think it's always important to, to give back. And, you know, without without wrestling, without WWE, obviously I wouldn't I wouldn't have, um, you know, the career that I've had and, and the, the other opportunities and things like that. Um, but I, I do think it's important when you have, when you've gained knowledge and experience to, to give back. And, uh, you know, I live in Tampa and the performance center is, is, is less than a two hour drive for me. So I have been down there time to time. Um, and it's funny you say Sean Michaels, because, you know, sometimes when he's out of, when he's out of town, I'll go sit in on his class and help him, uh, help, uh, with his, with his students in his, in his class down there, the performance center. So I do get a chance to go down from time to time. It's something I have a lot of fun doing. It's just, you know, 
trying to find the time because I'm so busy with with all the other the projects that I've kind of picked up, especially in 2018 was super really busy for me, which I'm thankful for. So, you know, never say never for anything. Who are the kind of young guys coming through? I know we, we hear you lot playing up a couple of the UK guys. Pete Dunn was on your show recently. Uh, yeah. the, Tyler uh, Bate, a nickname which I can't repeat on UK radio, but it's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you That's know, great. We'll say that. Yeah, exactly. Spot on. So who are the kind of young guys coming through, young girls coming through who you're really excited about? Uh, as far as NXT goes? Well, yeah, NXT or the guys in the main roster, like wherever. Yeah, I, I think... Um, you know, as far as NXT goes, I'm really, I really like the work that Tommaso Ciampa has done mm-hmm. over the last um, year. I think that it's a real skill to to, to be truly hated um, these days. Uh, Johnny Gargano is another guy that that I that I really like watching. Uh, Alistair Black as well. Um, on the main roster, you know, I really like the stuff that the Revival has been doing the last few weeks. They've really stepped up their game and they're out there performing with a with a chip on their shoulder. And I think, you know, to me. Obviously, coming from from a tag team background um, with Edge and Christian, you know, tag team wrestling will always kind of have a special place in my heart, and, and I hope that it thrives. And for for those guys to go out and and compete and to kind of will themselves onto the show every single week with a prominent role is kind of like the same thing that we did with the Hardy Boys and the Dudley Boys. You know, you just have to go out there with a chip on your shoulder and prove it, and and force your way and 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 will your way onto that show every week. And it seems like those guys are doing that. So I've, I've been liking what what they're doing as well. Well, I'm also really intrigued with the with the with the uh, the women's tag team titles that are that are coming up here at Elimination Chamber. Um, I just think that all the all the, the women have really stepped up and done an amazing job, and uh, I think that 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 match is uh, is one I'm really looking forward to as well. Yeah, that's coming up this Sunday. We're doing a big preview for it on the, on this show, and yeah. I I'm kind of I am intrigued by that because people look at something like a chamber match or with like in your guys' era the TLC matches, and they think, oh, it, that's an easy match to make great because you can do big high spots and you can do all sorts of crazy stunts and you know you can you, the, the basic work doesn't need to be as great because you've got all those spots in there but how hard is it to lay out a specialist kind of gimmick match like that particularly for these women it'd be the first time doing anything like this yeah no it's it's, it's a challenge you know especially when there's multiple especially with this one now there's not just one person in those pods waiting to come out there's two so um you know any, anytime there's there's moving parts like that and you're you're you have um you know a countdown clock that you have to be aware of as far as the, the timing goes it, it's a bit of a beast you know so but um you know the, the the women have been knocking out of the park with every challenge they've been presented so i wouldn't uh, i wouldn't expect anything less than a, than a great match and i do want to get great that you uh, mentioned the revival as well because i thought their match on raw last night picking up the championships was absolute fire and properly great tag team wrestling but it didn't necessarily until the finish get like a really big a lot of heat from the crowd, I didn't think. And I wonder whether it's a, it's kind of one of those cyclical things. Is it because tag wrestling isn't given the proper rocket strap and given the plug that people aren't hyped about it? Or like, or do people genuinely not get as excited about tag wrestling? Well, first of all, I appreciate using the rocket strap. That's, uh, <laughs> that's a good little, little throw in there. Um, I think that, you know, it just depends on, 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 on the crowd. You know, every city is different. And that's the, the cool thing about about uh, wrestling in front of a live audience. You know, every every audience is different, so you have to figure out a way to get them to react. And when you're building a match like that, I wouldn't be too concerned about what's going on during, but if you have them during the closing sequence and if they're there for the finish, then you've done your job and you've hooked them. 
even if they they haven't necessarily been they weren't there from the start if you have them when they when you're when you're trying for false finishes and you're and you're building to that finish and you have them by the finish to me you've done your job I think there is a, a, as well with the women's tag titles with the work these guys are doing we're at a point now you mentioned those guys on NXT but I think we've maybe got the deepest roster WWE has had in in years so when we hear that it's difficult to fill three hours of Raw and keep people engaged for that whole time, I hope that it is tag wrestling that gets that big push and gets a real focus because, you know, it, that will fill the time and more and keep people engaged. Right, yeah, and it's, you know, like 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 I said before, you know, going out there and performing with that chip on your shoulder and willing your way on there every single week and having that connection with the audience where they want to see you every single week. And I think that as long as they keep that, this momentum, they've kind of started to build, uh, that, that could very well be the case. And I hope so too, because, um, you know, like I said, tag team wrestling to me on any given, given night, doesn't matter what match is on the card, a tag, match, a good tag match can steal the show every time. Now, uh, before we do give, as we said before, the rocket strap to fight night one last time, uh, night fight, sorry, uh, I do, uh, it's confusing because we've got a show on our station called Fight Night, so if I say it the wrong way, <laughs> I can only apologise. Um, the, uh, uh, the, the big topic in wrestling right now is, is everything that's going on with AEW and the guys in Vegas and Double or Nothing and... You, you were, you, you know, in your career, you seem to have done absolutely everything, held every title, the European, hardcore, IC, obviously multiple-time tag champion, but it did take a long time before you got that chance as a singles wrestler to be pushed right up to the top of the tree. Was, was there ever a point in your career that if a company like AEW had been around that you might have had your head turned, that you might have been tempted? Well, I mean, I did, I did go to, to TNA, um, when I when I left WWE briefly uh, in 2005 for for three years, and the you know when I went there it was solely to to you know prove to myself that you know even if it was on a smaller um, you know a smaller platform that I could I could carry main event matches and and programs and and, and promos and be kind of the the um, you know the the be the face of a show and then I, I needed to do that i needed to gain that confidence to go back and be able to do it you know it just happens for different people at different times um you just have to be confident in your your ability and you know sometimes you you have to i always kind of went to to work every day with the mentality that nobody was uh, like i always said to myself every day before i walked into the arena i said to myself in my head today they're going to know how good i am and that's the the attitude that I that I carried with me every single time. And I always just felt like at the end, you can't hold talent down. If you have it, eventually it's going to shine through, and you just have to keep pushing. If a young guy or girl came to you who didn't feel like they were getting the push they wanted, and asked your advice on whether or not a move would be a good idea, or you know, what would you say to them? Uh, I would say, you know, my, my I would never want to steer anybody in, in, in a certain direction. You know, you just, I would, if they asked me for certain advice, I would tell them, I would say, I would put it on myself. I would say what I, what I needed to do was I needed to take a chance on myself. I needed to bet on myself. And if you're willing to bet on yourself, then, um, sometimes it works out. And, and if you believe in yourself and your abilities, then that will be the case. Great. Great stuff. Look, uh, Night Fight does come up this Tuesday on History, the first episode uh, for you live uh, across the UK on TV. Uh, so last ch last chance, put that rocket strap on, Christian. Why should people tune in on Tuesday night? First of all, there's there's no show like this anywhere on television. 
I'll, I'll, I'll guarantee you that right now. But if you like hard-hitting, action-packed, um, competitive, brutal at times, um, combat uh, uh, competition, this is the show for you. And I think that um, you'll very much get a sense of, of – you know, to put it in wrestling terms as well, you know, you, I think you'll, you know, especially with the one-on-one interviews that we do with, with the Knights, you'll get a real uh, personal connection to some of these guys. Some are a little bit brash. Some are a little bit more uh, laid back. And I think you'll find yourself cheering for certain guys and maybe wanting certain guys to lose. And I think that, that uh, um, yeah, like I said, nothing like it on TV. Tons of action. Uh, the armor, the weapons, just... It's insane. That's all I can say. you got to watch it. Honestly, like I say, I've seen the first two, and it's a hell of a lot of fun, so well worth checking out. Uh, Jay Riso, a.k.a. Christian, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Jay Riso, a.k.a. Christian, uh, brilliant stuff. I really enjoyed the, the interview and a really good chat. And uh, like feeds in nicely to us to building up to Elimination Chamber because of the, the big plug he was giving to the women's match. thought the stuff was really interesting on how you lay out a match like that considering the stuff with TLC that he did in the past. But, of course, we talked about his time in TNA and AEW as well there, and there has been some AEW news over the last few days. Uh, the latest episode of The Road to Double or Nothing released on YouTube. Uh, Cody Rhodes has now undergone his surgery to repair his knee, but 
in the same week they've announced on the uh, the road to double or nothing that he is going to be competing on May 25th in Las Vegas against a mystery opponent. So it sounds like he's fully expecting to be ready to go in three months' time. Uh, they also announced the first women's match, which will see Britt Baker go against Kylie Ray, going against Nyla Rose in a triple threat match. We saw the kind of Nyla Rose, Kylie Ray angle being pushed when they did the big uh, the big press conference in Vegas last week. So and look, the card gets better. The, the build gets better. It's very, it's it's really exciting to see what they're going to put together at, this, at the event. I know we're all pumped for it, and there'll be lots more AEW coming over the over the coming weeks. I Absolutely, imagine. the uh, the pre-sale sold out, didn't it? As well, so that's that's really. I, I read uh, via Meltzer, I believe, that according to what, the, website, the website traffic and such, that forty two thousand people tried to get tickets. Wow. So they're uh, going to sell it out. Yeah, no, 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 no doubt about it. Like the second wave of tickets will probably go to hotcakes too. Uh, it's just very interesting that I wonder if they use that scope to say, hmm, maybe we can try and do bigger, bigger arenas as we go, which they of course will do as yeah. they as they grow. Interestingly, on the Rhodes story, mystery opponent, you know, it could be someone on the roster. Do we think it's a signing that they know? will be there by then but isn't now that makes a very interesting reading but if it's too. someone that's on like WWE for example or New Japan then maybe they'll have a 90 day thing so it's going to be someone yeah. that's leaving pretty quickly uh, on that note I think I read the other day that Ibushi has done a two years with New Japan mm, yeah. of course we know that that doesn't exclusively mean he might not turn up in AEW but well, still with their deal it. with Ring of Honor still going, it'd make it pretty hard, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean for now but after Madison Square Garden do we think that deal is still rock solid? I don't know yeah well, who knows? Who knows? We don't know. I don't know. <laughs> the Cody thing was funny, wasn't it? Because I think I don't think they realised how bad his knee was, and it looked like he'd had some. You know, he said it himself on Twitter that he'd had a bit of a worry that it was a, a ligament, but actually it was just the meniscus, which is mm. why he can sort of rehab it in a month, a month and a half, and then come back. So that's really positive. Um, New Japan, obviously, um, a lot went on. Did you? I imagine Will's watched New Japan. I haven't got. Around, I've seen what happened, but I haven't got around to watching it. Did you watch it, Will? Well, yeah. The first thing on New Japan before we get to that is tomorrow. Uh, it's. I think it's going to be tomorrow early morning because they've said the announcement is going to be at midday Japanese standard time. So I don't know what Japanese uh, standard time is right now versus what we are in the UK. I think they're about seven or so hours ahead. So it's going to be happening very early morning. We're going to be getting this announcement. But there's going to be a major announcement regarding the event in August in London. Um, the uh, It feels like that's a bigger event. When they came over previously, New Japan, they ended up running shows in America the same weekend. And we missed out on a lot of the, of the bigger talent when they did it. This feels a lot more legitimate. They announced it during Wrestle Kingdom. So keep an eye on our Twitter page if you listen to this tonight as we're recording it ahead of that announcement and we'll be reacting to it there but they had their new beginning show uh, i thought it was the best new beginning show for years that this as much as we love to play up new japan and how brilliant they are at the the, the great shows the wrestle kingdoms the dominions i i think the kind of the the undercards the midcard stuff maybe because i'm not watching week in week out i don't get the same play from it but then they struggle to do really great big events outside of that but i actually thought this was really good um uh, Akada against Battle at Fale was really good. They had an Evil Sonata tag match, which was superb. Uh, a really good juniors match, which saw uh, Taji Ishimori retain against uh, against Rizuki Taguchi. But the big one was main event, Hiroshi Tanahashi against Switchblade Jay White. The two had faced off three times in the past year already. A very back and forth battle between them. And White beat uh, Tanahashi at the King of Pro Wrestling, which gave him this opportunity. And in 30 minutes, 28 seconds, they put the title on Switchblade Jay. And I was 
genuinely stunned that they did this booking now and that they did it at New Beginnings. A really interesting decision from Gado and from the guys at New Japan. I'm really pumped for it. I think Jay White has been, outside of the guys that have now left for AEW, the most interesting character that they've developed over the last year. Obviously, all the stuff he does with the bad Bullet Club uh, is is going to give him more international play. But if we had any thoughts of whether or not he was... You know, whether or not he wasn't a made man already, it's pretty clear that he is. Now has the title on him. I think it's a really nice, bold decision from New Japan, and, and I'm really excited to see where they go with it. Interestingly, I read that um, Omega was going to drop the title, apparently, to Okada if he kept it. Uh, sorry, if he'd stayed with New Japan, I mean. So it's interesting that they've gone in the direction of, of Switchblade, uh, and what does that mean for when the... Uh, Madison Square Garden show and their bookings moving forward. I just wonder if uh, an opportunity has, has opened up for him that wasn't previously there and they're running with that and, you know, you would expect that Okada will work with him in the near future. Yeah, I, I think there's an element to it of, oh no, we've lost a bunch of our American and international guys uh, with uh, the Kenny Omega going, with the Young Bucks going, and we, we've done really well in those markets over the last three years because of those guys, so do we need to, if I'm being cynical, I'm saying maybe that's why they've made this decision. But actually, I think it made sense from a storytelling perspective and, and it didn't feel cynical in the moment. Shall we talk Elimination Chamber? I think so. What do you think, Jonathan? I think we should talk about Elimination Chamber. Um, are we going to do our usual what's going to go on? Who's going to win? What's going to go down? No, we, we'll, do, we'll do our big review afterwards. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep uh, it concise for now. Let's just pick who we think is going to win every match. Okay. Who wants to start on which match? Oh, God. Women's tag elimination. I'm more and more feel like they're going to do a switch and bait here. Mm-hmm. Have Bailey and Sasha Banks not win the title and put it on one of either Mandy Rose or Sonya Deville, the Riot Squad, or Nia Jackson Tamina, and then have them play the heel role going into Mania and have Bailey and Sasha have their big moment at Mania. Oh, God, Tamina and Jax. I mean, I would love to see Iconics pick it up, like a real tag team, either them or um, the Riot Squad, but I could totally see what Will's going to say. For me, with the Boston Hug connection, they either win it and then they lose it before Mania and then we've, you know... Uh, you've got the big split at Mania or they don't win it and then they have the split guys I've got a member of the police uh, that need to use the studio and I'm being, <laughs> I, it's not it's not the Metropolitan Police it is the the, the band the police um, they are forcing me out of the studio uh, I don't know what this means for the podcast look um, what we'll do is we will I know that the big man's got to get home so AMAC is excused John and I will finish off the preview of Elimination Chamber in a little while yeah. I trust we'll you to roundup as to well. do that I trust it alright well in the podcast form this will literally take two seconds for me and Will to be together but in real time it's probably going to be several hours uh, thank, you for, thank you for listening and please continue listening in about two seconds time <laughs> and as if by magic there's just two of us now uh, I'm sad AMAC's gone yeah he gave me a big hug as he left so no, of course he did what a man yeah. i'm also... sorry i couldn't come in today but uh we'll do in studio next week definitely it's all right it's all right we had a little chat about our little uh, AEW thing uh, that i'll inform you about after the podcast very interesting oh yeah all i'm gonna say is make sure your passport's in date for may 
Oh god! Right, we need to uh, we need I'm to bang joking, through this because I've now got food coming. So oh, right, there oh, are more important things. <laughs> uh, I have ordered a sweet and sour, no, a sweet chili chicken situation. Wow! And yeah, the food's about five minutes away. So All right, fine. Uh, well, we'll just do this, and if the food, when the food comes, that's when the podcast ends. Uh, so elimination <laughs> chamber 2019. Uh, we'll start with the cruiserweight championship match. I don't know whether this is on the on the kickoff show. Probably it is. It is, of it is. It is. good. Uh, Buddy Murphy versus Akira Tozawa. Uh, who is uh, Tazawa's already been the the cruiserweight champion once, hasn't he? Ha, 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 ha. That's all I can do when we talk about Akira Tazawa. I thought you thought, sorry. I thought the food had come and you were choking. No, <laughs> good. Um, do you think that Buddy Murphy deserves to have a bit longer of a run? Yeah, I really like Buddy Murphy as the champion. Uh, but if they if they did a change, I, yeah, I, the more play that 205 Live can get because it's consistently so good on TV, the better. So either way with this one, I'd be pretty happy. Is that the only match that's on the kickoff show? It looks like it. That's certainly. good. At least they're not bumping like one of the sort of really big ones that we're looking forward to. Like they weirdly I mean, Stro- Strowman and Corbin could easily be on the pre-show. I mean, that's the next one I was going to talk about. Like, I, I, don't, I don't care. Is it just because they want to get Strowman a match? Because th- that's what it seems like. That 100% appears to be what it is. There's no necessarily storyline push on this unless they're going to do something more with Mr. McMahon. But he's so involved and intrinsic in the Becky and Charlotte stuff that I don't think... I I just don't think that works necessarily for me. But there we go. It's, It's a match. It's happening. Strowman will win. Move <laughs> the on. end. The end. Uh, all right, let's look at the Intercontinental Championship handicap match. They seem to be putting Finn Balor through as many challenges to make him look stronger and stronger as they go. Obviously, uh, to be involved in that last main event for the for the Royal Rumble, um, not main event, but the last match of the Royal Rumble, he had to go through several people, didn't he? I, to, I can't even remember now. I've kind of banished it from my mind. But he, 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 he had, had to, to fight, beat uh, Jinder, Baron- yeah, he had to beat Jinder first, and then he got. Then then he went into the multi-man match and won that. Look, Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush in a handicap match against Finn Balor, which was announced on social media instead of on a live show, when they struggled to fill three hours of Raw anyway. Just seems bizarre, this one. And what I really don't get about it is, even though I, I like Leo Rush a lot, I think he's, a great, he's great on the mic, and I actually like him in ring a lot as well. Bobby Lashley's meant to be an absolute monster, an absolute beast. He's meant to be the sort of man who could go out there and challenge Lesnar for strength. To I, I, it, It's maybe brilliant heel booking. I don't know, but it doesn't feel like it to me. I feel like you're underplaying Lashley by having him have to do it in a, in a handicap match. So I suspect Balor loses in a screwy fashion, but eventually becomes, you know, will he get his WrestleMania moment maybe and finally win the IC title there? Or potentially is Finn Balor, just as we've said earlier, maybe a placeholder for Kevin Owens who could come and, and maybe give Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush a bit more of a, a challenge in the ring and on the mic, possibly. Yeah, but I, I, Balor with the IC title just makes too much sense to me if they're not going to, for now, almost like the IC title can be a placeholder before we get, I, I'm determined we're going to get, with the way they're pushing Balor this year, uh, Balor and Rollins post-Mania. Maybe not immediately, but at some point during 2019, that'll be a feud that we get for the for the Universal title. In the meantime, put the IC title on him, make him look important, but... I don't think it's going to happen this weekend. Okay. Uh, SmackDown Tag Team Championship match. Uh, another weird one. The Miz, uh, Muck, what's it called? Muck Miz. Muck Miz. Muck Miz versus the Usos. Um, Usos, obviously, great tag team, both in the ring and on the mic. The Miz and Shane McMahon uh, looks like a, a fellow and his massively younger brother having a go. Um, do they Do they need to have them retain once first before 
losing it. Like, it feels like they're going to lose it either at Fastlane or at Mania, splitting them up and putting them into a match against each other. I thought that would happen at Mania, but we're getting closer and closer. It's just been such a condensed build, this, uh, going from what was quite a long build to them getting the titles to then suddenly being like, oh, we've got three months to now rush through this story. Mm. If I was to guess, I'd say they retain this weekend. But I, you know, I love the Usos, so I'd have no problem with the Usos being those the guys who take the titles off them to then build to a match between the two at Mania. Are we still thinking that the Miz and Shane McMahon are gonna gonna go against each other at WrestleMania? So something's got to happen. They've got to implode in some way between now and then. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's so exactly so maybe they retain, then at Fast Lane they they lose, and uh, then you've got a, a short build of intensity and then they face each other and Shane McMahon will obviously jump from coast to coast and that'll be it. So yeah. how it all goes down on it. Uh, yeah. All right, let's talk about um, the... Uh, we'll get to the Elimination Chamber matches uh, at the end. So we'll talk about the, the Raw Women's Championship match. We, we talked about the possible curveball of Ruby Riot winning. I mean, it's unlikely. I yeah, I, yeah, I don't think that actually happens. No. But I, I, I hope Ruby Riot gets a really good showing here because you can shine in a loss and Ruby Riot's a good wrestler. So... Let's see her go fifteen plus minutes with Rousey and really give her some, give her some problems, but eventually win out. Yeah, makes sense. Right, elimination chamber matches. Uh, bearing in mind your chili chicken is probably about a minute away now. Uh, we'll start with the women's one then for the <laughs> women's tag team championship. We kind of talked about it just before there, before Alex uh, left. Um, who did you say you were going to go for? Uh, I, 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 Bailey and Banks. Seems like the obvious one, but I wouldn't be that surprised if they give it to one of the heel teams and then have Bailey and Banks, like we were just saying about Balor, have a mania moment. Yeah, I'd like to see Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, strangely. Um, they've been getting a lot of time on SmackDown recently. Yeah, I mean, at least it would pay off the fact that Mandy Rose, like you say, has been getting so much time with the whole Naomi storyline. But they could continue that storyline without having to have it affect the uh, affect the final outcome of the match as well. Can so... we agree that the worst thing that can happen is that Nia Jax and Tamina win? Which makes me increasingly think like that's what's going to happen. If that happens, then they've totally lost my interest straight away before it's even really started, unfortunately. Yeah. All right, men's uh, elimination chamber match. Obviously, Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton, Samoa Joe, and now Kofi Kingston, who on SmackDown was uh, was decent, did over an hour, um, put on a good show, Was uh, showed that, you know, like and Kevin Owens has said this on social media, that he actually is a very underrated performer and he, he kills it every night and he has been doing that for a decade. So, I mean, he deserves to win it. I don't think he's going to stand a chance of winning this because I think Daniel Bryan's going to retain. What are you saying? Yeah, I'm with you. I think Bryan retains. I think Bryan at Mania with the title is too too big for, for WWE. Too, too... I think that's pretty much nailed on as far as I'm concerned. So in the meantime, I reckon they, um, in the meantime, I reckon they, 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 this it looks like it could be a great match and it sets up some other stuff. We saw it ended with, uh, it ended with AJ and, uh, and Randy Orson as the final two Are when they faced your food. Well, has your I food absolutely what's just happened. That's absolutely what's just happened. And Randy and AJ were the last two. Uh, I think they could, uh, that we might see there's been rumors that that's a mania match they're setting up. So I think that could end up being one that a rivalry that's pushed in the, in the chamber. Look, if Kofi wins out pop really hard, but I don't think it is going to happen. I don't think that's what they've got in mind for Kofi. And so I do think Daniel Bryan retains, but I also think with the talent in there, this has the potential to be something special. What is going to be the match of the night? Would you go for that one? Yeah, I think the, the, the men's chamber, I just think the women's tag chamber, as much as I want to say that's going to be the match of the night, 
there's too much potential for that to be a mess for there not to be some detracting fact distracting factors detracting factors i know what i meant yeah i understood you no <laughs> i get what you're saying i think i think it's going to take a lot of choreography to make that seamless and and the stand up match of the night whereas i think all the guys purely because they're on their own there's there's no tags there's nothing to confuse it it's it's just going to be straight up um, okay, good. Well, I mean, well, if you, please let us know what you think at Pro Wrestle Show on Twitter. If you disagree with us, um, if you think that, for example, Baron Corbin is going to topple Braun Strowman in what is probably the least important match of the night, then please let us know at Pro Wrestle <laughs> Show uh, on Twitter. And um, we'll end the show with uh, a bit of indie stuff. Will you've got a little bit of a guide to what's going on in the indie scene this week? I've got a massive guide to what's going on in the indie scene now. So what's going to happen is that we're going to wrap up and then I'm going to record a, a massive guide to what you can check out in wrestling this coming week. There's so much cool stuff out there going on in the UK at the moment. It's one of the biggest weeks coming up, including stuff like uh, the big event that Rev Pro have got on at York Hall this weekend with Pack against Will Ospreay. There's there's so much coming that uh, I'm. Uh, we're going to wrap it and then I'm going to record this later and and, uh, and put it all out in one. All these changes and, and mess ups and everything will all come into one place and sound like one slickly produced pod and it has nothing to do with the fact that your chili chickens just arrived no absolutely nothing to do with that or that my wife just got home excellent well you know what i'm gonna get on with my life uh you, again we're gonna have a short pause which to you will seem like three or four seconds but in reality is going to be the amount of time it takes for will to say hello to his wife and eat his chinese food uh so i'll say goodbye and coming up it's will's indie guide we'll see you next week I- i'll see you next week will will see you in three seconds so apologies, today's podcast has been a little bit stop-start, a little bit all over the shop, but we got there eventually. I thought it was a really good, entertaining show, and we round things up with our look at what's happening in the UK and Ireland scene over the coming weeks. Uh, well, it starts off with that major announcement regarding the New Japan in London in August. It's happening at 3am tonight, so the chances are you've listened to this podcast before that announcement has happened are pretty slim, but check out our Twitter page. We'll have reaction to whatever the announcement is. And, of course, Rev Pro this Friday night, 15th, York Hall, high stakes, sold out, but you can uh, still find tickets on. I saw some on Twickets the other day, and it's an unbelievable lineup, including Will Ospreay against Pac, uh, which is... I don't have to tell you why that's going to be an unbelievable uh, matchup. Aussie Open against CCK, the Brooks and Gresham version of CCK uh, for high stakes on Friday. You've also got Zoe Lucas against Sammy uh, Sammy Jane for the Women's Championship. El Fantasma against MJF, who's doing a bunch of UK shows over the coming weeks and was really great when I saw him out in Arizona recently. Uh, and also McKinnon, uh, MK McKinnon against the great O'Khan. So a real big, hard-hitting matchup. That one, uh, that's on uh, Friday evening. And then on Sunday evening, RevPro have uh, their monthly show in Southampton. Again, some really good matches on this one. Angelico going up against Chris Ridgeway. El Fantasma against Ash Draven. You've got Josh Bodeman and Shah Samuels against Team White Wolf. Uh, and uh, MK McKinnon against Kyle Fletcher of Aussie Open. So... Well worth getting down there on Sunday evening at Brunswick Square at the 1865 for that big Rev Pro show. Uh, OTT, uh, homecoming to the Super Show this Sunday, the one that we've been talking a lot about after that brilliant promo they put out ahead of the uh, Devlin-David Star matchup. But we've also got Walter against Pack going on, Ilya Dragunov in action, Will Ospreay in action, MJF again in action. There's a steel cage match, so... That will, of course, be on there on demand as well. If you are in Ireland this weekend, though, if you can get to that, I think there are still tickets available for Sunday. It promises to be a really, really special show. 
Uh, ICW have announced uh, even more information about Square Go for next weekend and tickets are still available uh, for the 8th annual Over the Top event for world-class championship matches. Uh, we've gone through that card a few times already, but definitely want to, to get down and check out next Sunday, the 24th. We'll do a bit more of a, a, a preview towards that next week, maybe see if we can get Mark Dallas on or, or some of the ICW guys on. Uh, Progress-wise, uh, I just I've just watched the uh, the Jimmy Havoc Will Osprey uh, Making Enemies documentary. It's about fifty minutes long, and it's on On Demand Progress. If you've got On Demand Progress, go and watch it because it's brilliant. The rivalry clearly it's fascinating that they are interviewed separately, and that actually you get very different versions of events. Like their very famous curb stop incident, they have very different versions of how that spot came about for example and uh, it's quite funny watching them go back and forth and kind of argue it even though they're not in the same room I don't want to spoil it too much but it's a brilliant documentary and, and what it did was it made me go back and then watch a bunch of other shows and other matches from progress to to watch those two over time I even saw Tyler Bate I think tweet the same thing saying Tyler Bate effing great that he uh that he uh, watched the documentary loved it so much that he went back and watched some of the matches that he that were before his time in progress. I mean, back when he was probably about 16, 17 years old. So that's well worth going and have a look. They have announced a bunch more matches for their upcoming shows. Um, in Bournemouth, Progronaut, clever, uh, Chapter 85, that's on Saturday, the 9th of March. They're doing Bournemouth and then another show on the South Coast, I think it is, both in that weekend. But it's a bunch of super strong style 16 qualifiers, including DJ Z against Angelico. Again, great, exciting, high-flying action. Uh, we already knew about Austin Theory against Jordan Devlin. El Fantasma against Travis Banks. El Fantasma, Travis Banks already in the tournament. But El Fantasma, if he beats Banks, gets in there himself. Uh, and they've announced that Aussie Open are taking on Swords of Essex for the Tag Team Championship at, at uh, next Sunday's show, uh, the Electric Ballroom. So we'll have a bit more of a preview for that next week, I think myself and and. John and a few of the guys will be going along to that. And they've also announced tickets for their show in Birmingham. If you're in the Midlands, Sunday the 10th of March, Corrupted Harmony, still some, uh, Chapter 86, still some tickets available for that show. This Friday night, Riptide uh, in Brighton have their Deep Six event. We previewed this a little bit last week, but there's a bunch of great matches on the card there. Uh, Jack Sexsmith against Damon Moser, Mark Haskins against Chuck Mambo, the standouts, but Spike Trevay in action, Cara Noir in action, Ashmore in action, uh, loads of loads. Uh, Candy Floss, we've got Shakara, Session Moth, Paul Robinson, it's well worth checking out that show if you're in and around the South Coast. That's this Friday. Uh, another announcement for Friday, PCW uh, have got a show on at Prism in Leeds and they've announced Jeff, Jeff Cobb against Shigeru Irie. Go and check that out because that is going to be as hard-hitting as it comes. Just the last few ones to, to mop up. Fight Club Pro. Looking forward to their dream tag team, uh, their dream tag team invitational. That's at the kind of mid late April, Friday the nineteenth, Saturday the twentieth, Saturday the twenty first, uh, across Wolverhampton and then Manchester for the third night. Uh, they uh, it's it's kind of like their version of Super Strong Style, but with or. or 16 karat gold or whichever tournament you want me to re refer to uh, but it's a tagged version and they've announced some incredible tag teams for this so they've got OVE turning up Ohio versus everything so Cammy Hallahan and the Christs are going to be there uh, we're going to be getting um uh, Hallowed and, and Frightmare, the Legion uh, Rock. We're going to be getting uh, LAX and Talon and, and Ortiz. We're going to be getting the Lucha Bros, Phoenix and Penta, uh, who've just been announced for AEW. You're getting uh, 
pack and eater in that. So, honestly, five incredible tag teams already announced. It's going to be well worth, and the tickets are available now through Fight Club Pro for that weekend. Ahead of that one, they do have another international techers show in March as well. Uh, and finally, Eve... Oh, no, not finally. So it's two more. Eve Pro Wrestling, their Global Women's Strike 2 was this past weekend. I heard some brilliant reports from it. Apparently, Nina Samuels against Emi Sakura for the title was absolutely must-see. So that is now on their on-demand service. You can go and watch it there. Uh, also, Charlie Morgan, uh, Martinez, uh, Viper, Kaylee Ray, you, uh, Martha. So many people involved this weekend. Apparently, a really, really great show. So worth going and checking out. Uh, and this weekend at Defiant, uh, just a match I wanted to point out, Aussie Open against Team White Wolf. Looks like it should be uh, Aiken and, and Carlos. Look like that would be an absolutely barnstormer. Uh, you'll be able to see it li- uh, live in Newcastle on Saturday night or on their YouTube page on Sunday for free. So that's your roundup of the UK indie stuff. If you're going to a show this weekend or if you've been to a show, send us your reviews, send us your photos. We will retweet. We will engage with it. So get it to us at pro wrestle show on twitter and instagram and uh yeah we'll have another show next week reviewing elimination chambers so get involved on there thank you so much for listening this has been the pro wrestling show hey folks i'm mark Marin from the wtf podcast and this episode is brought to you by kleenex ultra soft tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 